Welcome back to the Take the Candy podcast. It's your host, John Anthony. And a two and three week, not our best, but we're seven and three over the last 10. Looking to build on that record as we keep growing our wins versus our losses. This is episode 11 of the Take the Candy podcast. We got five picks for you. System remaining strong, giving us actually extremely strong signals this week. Looking to get back to 5-0 and and sweep another board. But before we get going, I have to remind you that if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Again, that's 1-800-GAMBLER. And now, there's no further wait. Let's get to the picks. DJ, spin that music, baby. We're heading back out to Nebraska for a Big Ten matchup Saturday afternoon. The game kicks 3.30 Eastern. It's the Purdue Boilermakers coming into town to play the Nebraska Cornhuskers. The spread as I record the pod is Nebraska minus 7.5. That's Nebraska as a 7.5 point favorite in this one. Now we all know my feelings about Nebraska. I don't believe in Martinez under center and I certainly don't believe in Frost as the, the head man over there. Nebraska has lost their last two. They had some tough losses, especially the one against Minnesota. They come in now to face a Purdue team that absolutely got blasted last week by Wisconsin. And I know we had Purdue in that one, but I'm riding the wave again because Purdue just turned up a dud last week. They were coming off a physical uh, physical win over Iowa. They were riding high. It was a letdown spot. And guess what? They let us down. But I don't think that tale tells the story of the man I think we're going to have to test it here so here's what we got on this one Purdue is facing Adrian Martinez who we know is a dual threat quarterback he loves to move around loves to run the ball Purdue has not faced a guy like Martinez all season and there's a there's a lot of games where we could say that when Martinez is under center Purdue's last couple wins were all grinded out games, Big Ten games, where they were facing offenses that were steady. They didn't get the big plays. I mean, we're talking about Notre Dame. We're talking about Wisconsin. We're talking about Minnesota. We're talking about Iowa. They haven't faced teams that have a quarterback that moves like Martinez does. But the fact that Martinez loves to dance around, loves to bail, loves to run is exactly why your boy J.A. is like in Purdue plus a seven and a half in this game. Martinez moving around is causing a lot of negative plays. And don't forget about our boy, the Greek assassin, Karlaftis. And he's going to be going after Martinez. Purdue on defense is going to have to do a good job at keeping Martinez contained and not letting him break the pocket. And there's multiple ways you can do this. A lot of people think that if you keep contained on the edge, then you stop the run. But it's not necessarily true. If they're playing in a deep zone defense, in a in a deep three, you could see Martinez pop popping out the middle as guys break back into coverage. Nebraska loves to run those sets on offense where they send their receivers to clear out the zone and clear out the middle of the field. And if Karloftis is able to block off the edges, you could see Martinez break out, cut back, and find the sideline anyway, 30 yards down the field. That's what Purdue has to avoid in this game. When they're great on at stopping the run, they win ball games. And Conversely, when Nebraska is able to run the ball when they hit 120 yards or more this season, they're winning all those games. And they're, they're 0-3 when they don't. So that's going to be a big component in this game is Purdue's ability to stop the run. Now, Nebraska, got they're coming off the bye. They had a devastating loss to Michigan. The loss to Minnesota was probably a death blow to their season. But they've had two weeks off. 
They're going to be fresh against this Purdue team that has played in these grinded out physical games, and they may be tired. But they're going to get up for this one. I think Brom's going to have them ready to play in this one. And the, what I'd like to see, which I would have liked to have seen more from Purdue last week, is if you're going to use the three quarterbacks, which they do, find a way to make that work. Don't just pull O'Connell after he hits a couple passes and put Burton and Plummer in and not actually have success with them. They need to find some sort of consistency on offense. I think they're going to do that here. I don't think Purdue wins this game, but I think Martinez is going to make enough mistakes for Purdue to keep this close. I think this game's going to finish around six points. The spread is seven and a half, so just keep that in mind as you're betting whatever line you see. I think this game's going to finish with Nebraska winning by by four to six points, so keep that in mind. But the pick in the in this one is the Purdue Boilermakers on the road at Nebraska plus the seven and a half. Going out to Lumen Field for the Sunday matchup between the visiting Jacksonville Jaguars and the Seattle Seahawks. This game's going to kick at 4.05 Eastern. The spread as I record the pod is the Seattle Seahawks minus 3.5. That's the Seahawks as a 3.5 point favorite. The Jaguars coming into this contest rested. They had a bye week after the London game. As you recall, we had Jacksonville in London to, to cover as a dog against Miami. They won that game on the field 23-20. It was their first win of the season. They're currently, as they come into this matchup, 1-5. Trevor Lawrence has thrown for about 1,500 yards, seven tutties, eight picks this year. He's starting to put it together. Marvin Jones and Chenault, they each have 300-plus receiving yards this year. They're going to need to have a big game. On defense, Jacksonville is led by Damian Wilson. He's got about 50 tackles, and Josh Allen leads up front with two and a half sacks for the Jaguars' defense. Seahawks, tough loss on Monday night. Ugly game with New Orleans. Geno Smith really is not the answer, and I don't know if you if you saw all the nonsense after the game with Pete Carroll kind of pressed to bury his backup QB, but Geno just hasn't been the answer. He's been able to manage the game so far in the games that he's played in, but late, he just can't make a play. And in this one, we saw Monday night, the Saints getting pressure late on that last drive with Seattle with the chance to go down and tie or win the game. And he got sacked, I think, on first and second down um, and third down, set him behind the chains. They had fourth and 28 from their own three-yard line. The game was basically over. There were two timeouts that Geno had to call in the second half because of play clock issues. It's either the play is coming in late or Geno's just not that well-versed in the offense that you find him under 10 seconds on the play clock going up to the line to change protection or or to, to check with me something that he's doing too late in the clock and he had to burn two timeouts. And by the time they got the ball back for that last drive, they actually had no timeouts. And that's just unacceptable. It's bad clock management. And I don't know if, if Carroll and Smith are not on the same page, but either way, Geno has not been the answer for them so far. We don't know how long Wilson's going to be out. Initially, they were saying two months. Now they're saying it may be quicker, but he's definitely not going to be playing for this one as the Seahawks host the Jaguars this coming Sunday. Now, Geno did have the big touchdown pass on Monday night, and Metcalf basically ran that ball for 75 yards on the first drive. And after that, Seattle did nothing. And I get why Seattle's going to be the favorite in this game. They're home. Even on a short week, I get it. I get the three and a half points. But the Seahawks are starting to stumble. 
and they haven't hit rock bottom yet. The Jaguars are not going anywhere with their season, but they got a little momentum and they got a chance to play. I think the Gruden uh, nonsense actually helped Urban Meyer. It took all the light off of him and he could focus on coaching football. He took a flight across the pond. He disconnected from all the social media and getting killed over here in the United States. Now he's back and the story's passed. The media moves so fast. Urban Meyer's going to have these guys ready. He's going to coach him up. Look, he may not be fit for the NFL, but this guy can coach him up and he's got a lot of young guys there. So it's basically like a, a college, a college team plus that he's coaching right now. I think he'll have his guys ready. All the pressure is on Seattle to try and remain in this race. And I think Jacksonville's starting to feel a little consistency after their win. So the pick in this one is Jacksonville plus the three and a half. This spread could tick down. I don't know if necessarily I like it under a field goal, but I love it at plus three and a half. So the pick here is Jacksonville plus the three and a half. going to Starkville, Mississippi for this SEC matchup between the visiting Kentucky Wildcats and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Kentucky on the year 6-1, and one, Miss State 4-3. and three. They got Mike Leach as the head man. I don't know if you saw his post game talking about Halloween candy last week, but now he's going to have to do something to try and cover the candy this week. As I record the pod, Kentucky is a one-point favorite. That's Kentucky minus one on the road. And look, for Kentucky, it's back to work. They had their shot at Georgia two weeks ago. They lost 30-13, to and now they got a chance to rest up. And they got to just finish the season. And there may be some letdown. They got this game this week against Miss State, and next week's game against Tennessee. It's the two toughest games they have left. I could imagine they're going to be focused on Miss State and Tennessee. There's no look ahead here to Tennessee. This game is just as big. And here's what we got for Kentucky. Their secondary doesn't allow a lot of big plays, right? Take Georgia out of this. Georgia's in a different class of a lot of teams. But the Kentucky D is going to give up some dink and dunk passes, some short passes over the middle, some short crossing routes, drags, mesh routes. That's what Mississippi State does well. But Kentucky can tackle. And that that fact is going to have to remain in this one if they want a shot at winning this game. The Kentucky Wildcats are going to have to tackle. Kentucky on offense can run the ball. It's what they do best. They're not a high-flying passing offense. They're not an air raid offense by any means, but they can run the ball. And they, they have been able to do that in their games other than Georgia. So they're going to need to be able to reestablish the run in order to win this game. Now, Mississippi State, they have a defense too, and it's pretty good. Its main issues this year have been with quarterbacks who are sharp passers and can really push the ball down the field. But that's not what they're facing with Kentucky. The Wildcats do the same thing that the Bulldogs do. They dink and dunk, they keep things accurate, and just keep moving the chains. They're a good ball control team. And it works on the other side of the ball, too. You got two teams that like to get in third and manageables and try and control the clock with running. The Bulldog defense isn't going to get gouged in this game. It hasn't given up more than 200 yards on the ground in any game. And outside of Alabama, they've been able to keep every game close this season. So Kentucky is not going to run away and hide with this game. That's why this spread is what it is. They're not going to put 50 points on the board. And Mississippi State does a better job than Kentucky at possessing the ball and milking the clock. You know, you know my favorite saying, bleed the clock, pound the rock. 
And that's what they're going to try and do in this game. And they're better at that game than Kentucky is. Now, this is a 7 p.m. kick on Saturday Eastern. The whole world's going to be focused on Ole Miss-Auburn, which is going to be a great game in its own right. But this game may be the best SEC game of the day. Don't expect a crazy game. There's going to be a lot of short plays, a lot of third down attempts, and a whole lot of both teams trying to do whatever they can to get a commanding lead. It's not going to be a fun game to watch, but the final 10 minutes of this game are going to be excellent. Kentucky is going to be able to find a way to win this game in the end if they keep the mistakes down and if they're able to stop the Bulldogs' short passing game. So the pick in this one is the Kentucky Wildcats minus the one. I think they're going to get out of here with a field goal win. We head to Memorial Stadium in Clemson, South Carolina. It's the Florida State Seminoles coming in to face the Clemson Tigers. The game's kicking at 3.30 Eastern on Saturday. The spread as we record is Clemson minus 10. That's Clemson as a 10-point favorite. And here's what we got. Florida State's coming in at 3-4. and four. Their last time out, 59-3 route of UMass, blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares. Jordan Travis only passed for 123 yards in this game. And Corbin ran for about a buck 27 and a tutty. Now look, they gained 586 total offensive yards and held UMass to 240. But we're talking about UMass here. So you don't want to buy too much into this. But Travis has been manageable for Florida State. He's got nine tutties, five picks all year. And Corbin's got about 680 yards on the ground with five tutties this year. Ontario Wilson on the outside is their leading receiver. He's got three touchdowns and he's going to need to have a big game for Florida State to hang with Clemson. Now Clemson dropped to four and three, three and two in the ACC. They lost 27-17 to Pittsburgh, who is supposedly on the rise. And I don't want to get too much into Pittsburgh because I'm not picking it on the podcast. You want to know more about how I feel about Pittsburgh? Hit me up, DM me, email me at takethecandypod at gmail.com. You can DM me on Instagram or Twitter, and I'll tell you what I really feel about Pittsburgh. They got Miami this week. Miami's a big dog. That's going to be an interesting one. A lot of people really buying into Pittsburgh. And if you look at this, they'll tell you, well, Clemson only lost by 10. They, they hung in there. They're turning around, blah, blah, blah. I don't buy it. I don't buy into Pittsburgh. Yugi Lele has had a rough year. And on offense, they just can't seem to get any consistent pace going. Now, they still have, they still have a great defense. And that's something that a lot of people miss out. This Clemson team is still the Clemson team you want them to be. They just cannot find consistency on offense. And that's been their problem all year. Now, the total in this game is low. And I'm going to get into analytics because it's a big part of our system. So I'm going to give you two, I'm going to give you two things here because this really comes up as a JA special here. With this is not the take the candy special. This is a JA special. I cut my teeth betting dogs, right? That's where the name of this podcast comes from. Take the candy. That's been my motto. That's how I earned my keep. That's how I got in this business and stayed in it and made big money in it. That's how I did that. So when I see games like this one, this Florida State at Clemson game, it's the JA special because here's what we got. On offense, if you look at all key metrics, these teams are identical. On defense, if you look at all key metrics, the teams are almost identical. I got to give the defensive nod to Clemson, but it's not by much. So I have two teams, 
with identical offensive metrics and almost identical defensive metrics and a Clemson team that just can't seem to find consistency and they're laying 10 points, I don't buy it. This is too much candy. Now, I got a special take the candy pick for you this week, so this is not the one. In any other week, this would be the one. But in this one, I see a Florida State team trending in the right direction with three in a row. I see a Clemson team trending in a different direction. I see metrics that tell me these teams are nearly identical with Clemson having a better defense. That's a game that should have a spread somewhere between three and even five because Clemson is home, but not 10, not double digits. And this line may tick down, but I like Florida State at anything more than six. So just keep that in mind. I don't see the spread bouncing up that higher, but the pick here is Florida State plus the 10. And let me say something else. Part of my system that always seems to cash in big is road dogs with a low total. And that's what we got here. The total of this game, and by by total, I mean the line for total points scored. In this game, it's 46.5. That's very low. Road dog, low total, 10-point spread, damn, that's a JA special. Give me the Seminoles plus the 10. It's the Take the Candy special, folks, here in episode 11. We have been absolutely crushing this pick in every episode. And that's why I'm so happy to bring you this one. And we're going to Boca Raton. It's the UTEP Miners versus FAU. The game is kicking off at 6 p.m. Eastern. Again, that's 6 p.m. Eastern. This is going to be an ESPN Plus game. So if you don't have the app, pay for the damn thing. It's totally worth it. You can get any game across the ESPN family. And this game is one you're going to want to watch because here's why. The UTEP Miners come into Boca on Saturday night to play the Owls. UTEP is 6-1 overall. And if you've been following me since day damn one, I told you in week zero that UTEP was going to cover a spread, and they did. And they've had some terrible seasons, but they're turning it around. They're 3-0 in Conference USA. They beat Louisiana Tech 19-3 on the 16th. They had a bye last week. So they're coming into this one rested. The problem has always been their offense. No question. Their defense is one of the better ones in the country, and that's not going to change in this one. Florida Atlantic on the other side of the ball, they're 4-3 overall, 2-1 in Conference USA. They beat Charlotte last Thursday. They got Nikosi Perry calling signals there. He had three touchdowns last game. Look, this FAU team is a solid team, but they are not built to deal with a defense like UTEP. Now, here's the deal. UTEP usually plays under in totals in games because their defense is so stout. They like to control the ball. They like to try and slow down the game and really drag it out and keep the possessions for the opposing team down. They're going to need to do that in this game. There's no question that Florida Atlantic is better athletically than UTEP, but that's not all that these games come down to. Sometimes you're going to need some skill, and that's what UTEP has on defense. They cannot be careless with the ball. In their last time out, they turned it over four times. They can't do that in this game. They're going to have to play a pound the rock, a bleed the clock, pound the rock type of game. My favorite types of games. They're getting, as I record the pod, 12 points. This spread is going to kick down. So right now, it's FAU minus 12. FAU as a 12-point favorite. This game 
is going to tick down. I could see this going off on Saturday at 10 and a half and maybe 10. Okay, so get it. As soon as you listen, grab it. I don't care what it's at, grab it. Hopefully it's still at 12 because here's why. I'm not just giving you the spread in this game. I'm going to give you the money line. And I did that once before. A take the candy special with a wrinkle on Sparty going and facing Miami. And what happened? Sparty covered it. Now here's what I'm going to warn you. You should always bet responsibly. Whatever your bankroll is, bet within it. And I have told you plenty of times before, you should bet within your units. If you got a $10 bankroll, a unit is $1. So just bet accordingly. But in this game, in this game, UTEP's not only going to cover the 12, they're going to win this game on the field, on the road. The money line, which is the number for UTEP to win, as I record this pod, is plus 395 for UTEP. So if you took UTEP on the money line, you're almost getting four to one odds. That's absurd. That's absurd. But you're going to cash on this. So here's here's what you're going to do in this game. You're going to take the candy, because that's what this is. It's a take the candy special. You're going to take the candy, okay, at plus 12. UTEP plus 12. But if you can do it responsibly, put a smaller unit. So if you're going to go three units on UTEP plus the 12, take a unit a unit and a half and put it on UTEP money line plus the 385. Now that number is going to tick down. If this spread comes to 10, the money line may come down to 350. Either way, you're getting more than three to one if you take UTEP to win this game outright. So the pick in the take the candy special in Ep 11 is UTEP plus the 12. The wrinkle in the take the candy special in episode 11 is UTEP outright plus the 385. That's going to bring us to the end of episode 11 of the Take the Candy podcast. You've been hanging out with your host, John Anthony. And what a better way, after going 7-3 and three in our last 10, to come back with this card. Especially with UTEP as the capper in the Take the Candy special. Going to be a great one. Got a chance to cash in big, but do it responsibly. Be smart. And the reason I told you three units on the spread and one and a half units outright is because I think UTEP's going to cover the 12. I think they're going to win. But either way, even if they don't and they cover, you're still cashing. And that's what this is about. It's about cashing. Now, we're going to go for the kill by betting both, but we're going to make sure that we're taking more at the spread than we are on the money line. I love it. What a great card we got for you this week. I got other games that I wanted to include. Our system is so strong this week, but I'm only picking five. So I can't give you everything. If you want more info, hit me up, DM me, email me, and I'll chat with you about the other games. You want to learn about how J.A. feels about Pitt, hit me up and I will tell you straight up. There's a lot of other games I like this week. It's going to be a busy card for here the Take the Candy pod crew as we hole up on Saturdays and Sundays and watch football and track lines and trade bets. It's a beautiful thing and I'm totally looking forward to it. We're getting to the end of October It's going to be Halloween weekend. It's just a great time of year. Now, don't forget, we released the package package promos last week. I've had people contact me with interest. We sent them out the program for the packages. You need any more info, hit me up. The monthly packages are going to be, with the picks, are going to be going out for November. So make sure you get on it soon. Don't lose out. Obviously, we got weekly packages. You can bet with me. No subscription required. So you could just do it whenever you feel like it. If you want more info with price and terms, just hit, hit us up 
at takethecandypod at gmail or DM us and I'll get somebody to get you the flyer to let you know all the info. And obviously, if you have questions, hit me up. I'm always around. This is what I do for a living. I'm always holed up talking about sports and I love it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening, sharing, subscribing, and trusting the Take the Candy podcast. It's episode 11. It's done. We're moving on to 12. Let's go 5-0 and this week. You've been hanging with your boy, J.A.